And it's lovely to have you back again this week, Dennis. Thank We've you, Jane. missed you. <laughs> and uh, uh, tell us your note. You could read it out. Uh, tell me. <laughs> Last week I had a very, very interesting um, uh, finalisation of a lecture series. And um, during the lecture series, students showed a, a fascination with the history of herbalism and the way in which women particularly have contributed to it. And I thought, well, that would be a nice topic to take up and talk about unique women that made a unique contribution to the modern practice of herbal medicine. I'd like to take up that today, Jane. Dennis Stewart, Health Naturally, and your calls are coming in. Dennis, we have David on the line from Osterley. David, you've got a question about arthritis. Uh, yes, um, I get arthritis in my feet a little bit, but uh-huh. I often get... Hello. Hello, David, yes. Hello, how are you going? Good, good, good. Yeah. Speak on. Um, I get arthritis in my feet a little bit, but my knees and a bit in my finger, and I've tried everything around, I think, and it just doesn't seem to work. Okay, like, okay. Yeah, when... has, has your good doctor given you a diagnosis, David? Yeah. Osteoarthritis, is it? That's it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Look, I don't know what you've tried, but there's a few things that might be worthwhile taking on board. Um, yeah. I think there's good evidence to suggest that uh, a perseverance with glucosamine and chondroitin at the right dosage can have yeah. an effect. Now, I lectured on that at the weekend when I conducted a, a postgraduate seminar for practitioners, and um, what people don't appreciate about the glucosamine and chondroitin combination is that a it has to be facilitated in the uh, in the right in the right dosage. Uh, right, uh, yeah. Now with with a preparation, um, you need to be taking between twelve and fifteen hundred mg's of glucosamine um, per day in order to establish a, a reasonable dosage. But more importantly, perhaps or equally important, it's unlikely that you're going to get any significant uh, resolution or relief, much under about two to three months. And oh, that's, okay. that's another thing that needs to be taken on board. Uh, a lot of people will say to me uh, when they present as a patient, I've tried glucosamine and chondroitin, and usually you find they have not uh, taken on board the need to establish that dosage and also appreciate that this is not a shot of a steroid. It's not prednisone. This is something uh, from a nutritional perspective has been very, very soundly looked at, has been claimed to be useful in addressing cartilaginous damage and also in addressing some levels uh, of inflammation. But my advice would be, regardless of what you've done, try a glucosamine and chondroitin combination. Now, usually you find that they're uh, accompanied by other supplements uh, in in the combination, but which, whichever supplement you use, try to work around a glucosamine presence of twelve to fifteen hundred milligrams. Be prepared to work with it for quite considerable time. Now, yep. th- the second thing is this: with osteoarthritis, the New Zealanders have established quite a significant uh, information base, suggesting the New Zealand green lip muscle is a very, very useful agent and, full, and not fully appreciated in this country, I believe, as a credible substance also to take nutritionally to try to address this problem. In fact, it might interest some listeners to know that 
in, in a sense, the New Zealand green lip mussel, its chemistry, very similar to that of glucosamine. And in fact, it was um, a, a Scottish doctor uh, who, in the outpatients department of a well-known Scottish hospital, treated uh, a woman who had very, very serious osteoarthritis, whose hip was completely ankylosed. And he, in desperation, uh, used the New Zealand green lip muscle on this woman, who was very, very compromised, and was so uh, astonished and surprised at the overall improvement in her condition, in the rehabilitation of the joint, in her mobility, that he wrote a paper, which was published by The Lancet. So it's worthwhile also looking at as either something to take in conjunction with the glucosamine and chondroitin combo or to try it on its own, particularly if after a couple of months you're not getting a good, good, good benefit from glucosamine and chondroitin. I would, uh, yeah. I would start with those two substances because uh, this is not rheumatoid arthritis you're talking about. This is osteoarthritis. Um, yep. which which has a lot of wear and tear characteristics, but yep. lends itself adequately, I believe. And I get this in practice um, quite significantly with people that say, and I mentioned a case a couple of weeks ago where one of my patients was able to forego a procedure uh, because she yeah. used a combination that I spoke about. Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. Amanda joins us. She's rung in from Elibana. And Amanda, you've got a question about hair getting a little thinner. Yes, yeah, I have. Um, I've just sort of noticed lately that um, my hair's starting to thin out um, mm-hmm. in the top area. Mm-hmm. And um, just, yeah, recently just running my hands through my hair, I'm getting mm-hmm. not clumps of hair, but... M- certainly more hairs than I normally would coming out of my hair. Yeah. Amanda, always with any hair loss or hair thinning, it's not a bad idea to to get your doctor to have a look at it and maybe uh, do a blood test, particularly to see what what your thyroid is doing. Um, Most times the thyroid's okay, but uh, some thyroid conditions do um, manifest themselves with uh, some hair loss activity so have a look have a look at that first up how old are you amanda i'm 53 yeah well look it it probably uh, is okay and it's not uncommon um as we get older men and women to see our hair perhaps not being as vigorous as we'd like it to be that's putting it nicely isn't it but look (laughs) uh, uh, by way of by way of supplements um in our profession a quiet perseverance with supplementing the diet with a silica supplement uh, yeah. is sometimes remarkably effective. In fact, um, you you uh, have a, um, a health food store there in Warners Bay that would stock yeah. would stock preparations purportedly uh, aimed at resisting hair loss or hair thinning, and you would find that they're based on the mineral silica, which is also used to promote good fingernail growth or health. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, I've seen those a, before, yeah. yeah. As a starting base, give yourself a good run on that. Secondarily, mm-hmm. as we get older, I think it's not a bad principle to make sure that our overall intake of uh, crucial vitamins and minerals is good. Uh, and by that I mean, um, as we get older, I believe... Uh, there's some benefit in supplementing at a very broad level our nutritional um, goodness by, say, a a well-balanced 
um, one vitamin or mineral supplement that does the job. So an overall uh, combined vitamin and mineral supplement, particularly, say, for your stage of life, you can get a supplement, a vitamin and mineral supplement that is particularly targeted for people at your age. I think it's a good principle to cover your bases, to make sure that you're not missing any particular nutrient that might be at your stage in life a little bit more demanded. So silica, silica, a broad spectrum, uh, women's vitamin and mineral supplement, and they're there in your good health food store. Uh, I would be suggesting those. And secondarily, while you're at your health food store, get hold of a shampoo that is based on rosemary and or stinging nettle. Okay, yep. Um, And use that as a shampoo. Um, That is one of the oldest tricks, so to speak, in traditional medicine, that those two herbs, uh, when regularly used as a shampoo um, agent, can encourage hair growth. Now, I know that's very controversial and all the uh, straighties out there will be sort of shaking their head. But look, this uh, information has been filtered through for hundreds of years regarding those two herbs. I'd use a good rosemary and or stinging nettle shampoo. Right, okay. The stinging nettle will sting your scalp to encourage the blood blood <laughs> flow. Is that right? Yeah, the I, I, I'm not suggesting that because you would find <laughs> that you would find that any stinging nettle preparation would be well and truly dried. And when oh, the stinging metal is dried, it's, it's, it's lost. It's, it's, it's lost. But you, your point is quite valid. There is a history also in traditional medicine that getting hold of some fresh nettle and giving yourself a good belting with it can frequently get rid of all pain, encourage hair growth, and, and lead to an exhilarating experience. I'm not, oh, I'm not suggesting that. Start with rosemary. Oh, I might need to go for a walk up to Barrington Top. Then, yeah. Hank, well, no, you can go. Go to Rothbury, just uh, as, you, as you go on the old North Road at Rothbury. There you go down the gully, and there's plenty of stinging nettle growing there. I could take you to it. <laughs> You're in luck, aren't you? Oh, that's funny. Okay, oh, well, thank you for okay. your advice. Lots of things to do. See how you go. Yeah, good luck. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. And uh, on Health Naturally, Rowena joins us from Stockton now. You've got a question about Heliobacter pylori. Would that be yes, right? Yes, I do. Excellent. Yeah, that's Heliobacter pylori. Yeah, okay. um, I'm actually, I'm actually being, um, um, on medication for it, yes. um, motilium and nexium. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but there has been an occasion where I've forgotten to take it, and I, and the reflux and all that kind of thing, mm. like basically comes straight back. So yes. obviously it's just like a band aid. So I'm just wondering if there is something that will actually eradicate it rather than just kind of treating the problem. The the antibacterial um, antibiotic treatment for Helicobacter pylori is usually very successful and it's frequently prescribed uh, for people that that have peptic ulcers. Um, ne- Nexium is, is primarily used to reduce the, the acid level of the stomach, and I'm talking for, at a fairly lay level here. Um, yeah. um, have you had the full course of the antibiotic therapy? I have, actually. I've had the triple therapy yes, about... Yeah. Four or five times. And, and reasserts itself. Absolutely, okay, yeah. Look, look, a couple of little things that you can do here, um, because I have helped people with this problem who have had the uh, the medical treatment and then later on claimed that they had reasserted itself. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing, 
and this might fascinate listeners, the first thing to appreciate is that the manuka honey, the concentrated okay. concentrated manuka honey, now I know it's a bit expensive, but mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to get manuka to optimise its therapeutic potential, you have to get a very high grade because the manuka honey, uh, unlike other honeys, contains a strong antimicrobial action. And that is why it is used... Uh, not only in this country, but in the United Kingdom, um, as an agent to address infections in the gastrointestinal tract, uh, particularly this um, this bacteria. So the, the, I would put it to you that it's worthwhile trying a ongoing uh, use, uh, a daily use of mm-hmm. manuka honey, uh, and you'd have to take it seriously. I would be saying something like a tablespoonful of it on a daily basis. Okay. to get to get its action now the other okay. thing also is the other thing also is there are a group of herbs that have an alkaloid in them called berberine now berberine is found in herbs like golden seal uh, oregon mountain grape okay. and barberry now um, if you were to google berberine you would find that one of its actions is a broad spectrum antimicrobial again for the gastrointestinal tract and some of my best results in treating uh, Helicobacter have been to uh, recommend to patients that they try either a liquid form or encapsulated forms of any one of those herbs. Golden seal okay. usually being the most popular one. Now that will handle, in my opinion, the uh, microbial activity. If you're finding that uh, you're still getting reflux uh, symptoms, I'll certainly uh-huh. discuss that uh, with your GP. Uh, but again, here. Um, in my opinion, the herb uh, meadowsweet, the herb meadowsweet, uh, which my daughter uses prolifically for a gut problem, if you oh, okay. if you were to look at that, that is considered in in English or Western herbalism to have a normalising effect on the secretory activity of the gut and also to lessen uh, the symptoms of uh, of reflux. Uh, so again, um, meadowsweet. Uh, a bit disappointed that our health food stores have not taken it on more vigorously, but yeah, if you right. cannot if you cannot get it from there, you can always get it from my rooms at New Lambton. But okay. um, that would be my approach. Uh, right, Manuka honey from your health food store and um, uh, golden seal capsules, and uh, and also using some say meadow sweet as a herbal tea. Uh, mm-hmm. to see if you can get that reflux level down. I'd be surprised if you didn't get some help. And, and none of that, I, I, off the cuff, I can't see how any of that would uh, conflict with the, okay. uh, with the ne- ne- nexium that your doctor may have prescribed. Yeah, okay, great. All the very best with that, Rowena. And uh, on 2 and RFM's Health Naturally, we've just had uh, Faye ring in from Noraville Dennis and he was asked uh, she was asking you to repeat and spell the name of the product oh, that okay. you recommended for osteoarthritis okay. Okay. when we were talking to David. Faye, uh, what I was speaking about was a substance called glucosamine. It's very popular. G L U C O S A M I N E. Glucosamine and chondroitin C H O N D R O I T O N. And I also mentioned the New Zealand green-lipped mussel, M-U-S-S-E-L. Um, if you were to go uh, to your good health food store uh, down where you are, and there are some good ones down there, 
they would know what uh, I'm talking about. So long as you uh, copied down the dosage recommendations uh, and mentioned to them osteoarthritis, and even if you garbled something like glucosamine, they'd have no trouble at all in recognising what you were talking about. Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. Helen, you've rung in from Raymond Terrace and uh, you've got a question about hair. Hair seems to be on the minds of a lot of people. Absolutely. Dennis, I don't actually have a question about hair. Uh-huh. I, you know, you would know Pat Collins. At I Martha do Brooke, indeed. I yes. know Pat very well. She's a great um, herbalist. Yes. Well, that lovely lady that um, rang earlier and you were talking yeah. about um, nettle and whatnot, yeah. Pat actually makes a nettle hair conditioner good that on. I've been using for many years. Good, good, good. And it does contain... Um, I've got the bottle in my hand at the moment. So it has um, nettle juice uh, tincture, emulsifying wax, which is coconut. It's got um, almond oil, grapefruit seed extract, lavender essential oil, and rosemary essential oil. That's a good combo. um, That's a great combination. And I've been using it for years, and I've got, you know, my hair, people always comment how shiny and how soft my hair and you better send like me that, down so. a, You better send me down a carton of that, and I'll use, <laughs> I'll use it on my own hair. <laughs> well, I mean, you may not know, but Pat's um, products are available through Organic Feast at East Maitland, and this is one of well, the ones wonderful. that they carry well, look, all the time. And, mm. and I also heard you just mention... Um, the green lip muscle. Yes, yes. I yes. have osteoarthritis, yes. especially in my hands yes, and at the base yes, of my thumbs. Yes. Um, hand milking cows for many years. And I swear by it. I can oh, go, if, if I run out and I'm without it for 24 hours, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. Yeah. So, oh, you, um, you're, you're a gem, Helen. You're, you're a gem. You've made <laughs> well, my day. And, and also, by mentioning dear Pat Collins, people need to realise that. Pat, who's in the Upper Hunter, is one of the most qualified, well-known, competent, ground to, uh, down-to-earth herbalists that you're ever likely to meet. And she makes great products. I actually uh, found them at a Denman, a Denman one day, her ointment products, and uh, I commend those products made by a good uh, hunter herbalist, a lovely lady who is dedicated uh, to herbal medicine. And I have no trouble in commending Pat Pat Collins to our audience as a lovely representative of our profession. And you're spot on. By mentioning the nettle and the rosemary shampoo, listeners will see that I'm not just raving, that this is basically (laughs) stuff that we herbalists have recommended for a long period of time. I'm glad you mentioned, Helen, the New Zealand greenlit muscle because I'm a little bit sad that it hasn't, uh, in my opinion, taken off Uh, as it should have done in this country because the information on it is quite profound and well documented and it it really does work and you proved it. I I thank you for your ringing up and letting us know, Helen. Thank you so much. And uh, it's interesting that Pat Collins, being a a local herbalist, fits in very well. Well, it's it's also interesting that uh, Pat is... um, uh, a colleague of of uh, one of my um, first graduates and a long-standing friend, Andrew Pengelly. And Andrew and myself a couple of years ago formed um, an association for uh, representing and looking into the uh, medicinal plants of indigenous herbs. And Pat um, is the vice president of that association with Andrew Pengelly. So she and Andrew are doing a lot of work. Andrew, of course was the lecturer 
in herbal therapies on the uh, Arimba campus of the university and uh, one of my first graduates and he and, and Pat are doing a great job presently in promoting an interest in Australian herbs and I suggest that you contact Pat or contact me and I'll give you information about how you listeners can get in contact with the magazine, the literature, the events that the association that Pat and Andrew are connected with. Excellent. Mm. Well, we have Isabel on the line now. Um, She's from Thornton. Isabel, you'd like to uh, talk to Dennis about macular degeneration. Yes, I would. Uh, Hello, Dennis. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good, good. I've just been diagnosed in the last Mm. couple of days with macular degeneration and the treatment involves an eye injection yes, every month. That's correct. Yes. Um, yes. A bit of a daunting um, mm. thought, you know, since I have that ongoing. I was mm. just wondering if is there anything of an alternative or okay. herbal okay. Um, remedy okay. you could use for the condition? Okay. Well, anything that I recommend, you must run past your ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be no objection to what I'm going to mention. But first of all, there's an excellent Blackmore's product called Macuvision. Right. And it's based on natural. Uh, substances mm-hmm. uh, which have a pretty good reputation for at least, uh, how can I call it, uh, providing optimum nutrition mm-hmm. for the macula in, res- in resisting degenerative processes. So there's that product, but the two substances that I extol greatly based on the literature of the American team, Pizzorno and Murray, mm-hmm. uh, they wrote an, uh, a textbook, Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine, which I've lectured from for over 20 years, uh, very academic uh, naturopaths from the, from the US have written good literature. Yes. But in, in that book, the two herbs that are confidently recommended is the herb bilberry right. and the herb ginkgo biloba. Okay. Now, uh, I extol those two herbs because I've been recommending them for many, many, many years, and the feedback has been particularly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you contact my office at New Lambton, they will uh, send to you um, the information from Pizzorno and Murray. I'd be happy uh, to send it to you. Uh, okay. But th- they are two substances that I think are still not appreciated as much as they should be. The standardised um, preparations of the ginkgo mm-hmm. and the bilberry, uh, mm-hmm. very sophisticated extracts of them both, I right. think they'd be worthwhile taking on board. Yes. together with the product Macuvision, which has other important nutrients. Okay. Um, mention those um, to your ophthalmologist, and um, I'm sure there won't be any problem, but because you're under his care, yes. the right thing is to do to mention those. Oh, of course, yes. yes. Yeah. All right. No, that's great. Thanks, Dennis. That's I really pleasure. appreciate See that. See how you go. Yeah, and thanks for your call, mm. uh, Isabel. All the very best. Mm. And we're moving to Hamilton South, Regina, uh, you've got something you'd like to say to Dennis. Hello. Hi, Regina. How are you? Excellent. Hello, Hello Regina. Mm-hmm. Hi. Um, just a quick call. I just want to thank you very much for recommending Meadowsweet. Last year, a few months back, you recommended it to me because I was burping a lot. Yes, so I'm, yes. I'm feeling great now. Thank Isn't you so good? much. Just with simple meadow sweet tea, I've I've yeah. made a a bit of a revolution occur recently by mentioning meadow sweet tea, and uh, I'm glad I've done that because um, your experience in helping you with a lot of that what you call burping is just one indication of how important this beautiful harmless 
underused European herb is for addressing many functional conditions of the gut, particularly the stomach. You, you work with it, Regina. It's a remarkable, lovely remedy, which many people, by the way, prefer just to drink as an alternative to tea. After it's helped them, they like to stay on it. So, uh, please, you've got benefit, Regina. It sounds as it might be yeah, a lasting yeah. benefit <laughs> okay. too. And uh, Lillian, you've rung in from Macquarie Hills. Now, there was a hair product you weren't quite sure you caught. Yes, I'm, mm-hmm. yes, good afternoon. Hello, I Lillian. That, uh, good afternoon, Dennis. Yeah, I missed that the shampoo for hair growth. What was that? Okay. Well, there's a couple of things mentioned. Initially, I was mentioning that uh, herbalists, in, in yeah. our tradition for many, many, many years have yeah. been using uh, shampoos based on stinging nettle and rosemary. And there are a number of preparations in our health food stores uh, based on those um, two herbs. And I, I think a quiet usage of those um, over a long period of time would give the result that um, uh, Helen from Raymond Terrace um, um, got when she used Pat Collins' uh, preparation of uh, stinging nettle and rosemary. Uh, Helen beautifully rang in and, and testified to the benefit that she was getting from using a shampoo made by Pat Collins, an upper hunter herbalist, well-known, lovely lady, um, and uh, purportedly available. Um, Helen said that it's available at, uh, at, at Maitland in the health food store there. So uh, regardless of whether it's Pat's or not, and I would like to see us support this lady and the work that she's doing, um, the two herbs uh, for this condition, rosemary and stinging nettle. It's Health Naturally on 2NURFM with David is joining us from Kerry Bay because, David, you've got a question about skin pigment to ask Dennis Stewart. Hello, That's David. Correct, yeah. Yep. Uh, how are you going? I'm good, Dennis, David. Um, uh, Dennis, just a question. Um, mm. A lot of people suffer from vitiligo, and I, yes. I have, and I do. Yes. Um, and it appears that some people um, don't suffer from it much, but um, in my case, I seem to have it fairly, a fairly bad dose of it. I just wondered, in your opinion, is there anything you can do with that? David, I'd like to say that I had something to offer you, but mm. with, with vitiligo, it's one of these autoimmune conditions that is just stubborn to treat. Obviously... You've uh, been to the dermatologist? I have, yeah, years yeah. and years yeah. ago. I yeah. went to, um, and I just thought, well, you're, you're such a man that covers so many subjects that, uh, that but, you but, might have had some mysterious <laughs> potential <laughs> thing that you could use. Well, I, I, can, I can tell you a story, but there's not much encouragement to you. I, okay. I, I had a, um, a lady write to me. Oh, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, before emails were popular, and she was from the Gold Coast. And she said, I'm writing to you because, she said, I was on the beach uh, the other day, and she said a lady walked up to me and recognised that I had vitiligo. And she Mm. said, this lady said to me, you should contact Dennis Stewart. He's a herbalist in Gosford. He treated my vitiligo years ago, and uh, it went, and look at me now. And she said, so could you tell me the treatment the problem is I didn't know the lady's name if if she'd have got the lady's name I probably would have been able to find the record of what I actually did but I didn't I couldn't find the and and I can't recollect what I recommended and it could (laughs) well have been um, how can I call it 
completely unrelated to her remission yeah. from the condition. I don't, yeah. David, have anything that's safe uh, to yeah. offer yeah. you, anything that's yeah. safe to offer you. Um, there are some topical things, uh, but they should only be, in my opinion, uh, used under the ophthalmologist's um, care. Um, okay. I'm sorry, David. I couldn't no, I help you. No, I appreciate that. That's fine. It was just a wild card, and I thought that uh, you cover so many subjects and you do it so yes, well. I just yes. thought you might give me anything. No, I'd like to be able to help you. Okay, David. It is always worth asking, mm, isn't it? Mm, mm. 49216216. We've still got time for another question or two. But in the meantime, Dennis Stewart, you were talking about mm. women and how they've mm. um, played a part, quite a part, in herbal medicine. Uh, do you think they have a particular interest and maybe an affinity? I do. I, I'm going to come out here in a very uh, laudatory and defensive role of women in medicine. Um, it's, it's interesting that uh, even in, in herbal medicine particularly, women have been, how can I call it, disproportionately represented as far as students and practitioners. And I've often thought about this, and I genuinely believe that there's something, uh, this is not going to go over too well with a lot of people, but there's definitely something in the female psyche that relates to healing, uh, nature, um, the natural world, more so than in the mechanical brains of us males. Now, already, um, I'm going to be labelled in all sorts of terminologies, but (laughs) I'm convinced that there's something in women which goes back uh, to, to history. Uh, the wise women of the past were always the healers. Men were too busy working underground, getting the, the, the food to feed the family. It was the women in traditional culture, uh, particularly in, in English and uh, European culture, that were responsible for raising the kids, looking after their sores, looking after their cuts, and also functioning as the midwives. And at a time when there was no uh, medications as we know them, it was the women that developed the knowledge of what herbs to use for addressing certain problems. So it's this uh, tradition of the female role as, as, a, as the dominant healing member of the family, which I think has spilled over into medicine in as much that I notice today, even in Newcastle, a very large and welcome population of female GPs and certainly when it comes back to the students that I have taught over the years the vast majority of them have been women and there does seem to be something as I've said I come back to it something in the female worldview in the female psyche the subliminal thing that can't be articulated that um, that describes why herbs have been so much used and well represented by women. You and I were talking before the program about two remarkable English ladies um, that changed uh, the the direction of herbalism in the United Kingdom and subsequently in other English-speaking countries, Mrs. C.F. Lyle and Mrs. Maud Grieve. Now, they are what we might call um, certainly upper-middle-class ladies who came from uh, wealthy families. Um, I think Mrs. Lyle, I think her husband, in fact, was a specialist physician, but regardless of that, these two lovely, perhaps eccentric um, English ladies, thank God for eccentric uh, English women and eccentric men, I've said that a number of occasions, I love them, 
Uh, these days we don't appreciate eccentricity as much as we should, but they were great defenders of herbal medicine at a time when uh, pressure was being placed on the British Parliament to ban the practice of herbal medicine. Uh, they took up the fight against this and established uh, a political lobby uh, which was recognised and led eventually to the British Parliament uh, passing an act that uh, gave the right to herbalists to see their patients and to use their skills uninhibited, uninhibited. And that had a big impact also on laws and regulations passed in this country. They also set up a place called Culpepper House in the middle of London, and it was a, a wonderful place where people that wanted to purchase herbs and get information on herbs and be helped with herbs would go two wonderful women, Mrs C.F. Lylands, and I said to a group of students that I was treating in my final lectures, uh, my final lecture, in fact, on, um, on Sunday uh, last week, uh, I said to them, the, probably the best-known herbal in the English-speaking world is the herbal written by Mrs Maud Grieve. She always went by the name of Mrs Maud Grieve. Good honour. And she wrote a book called uh, the modern herbal, the modern herbal. I still have my original hardcover edition of this work, a big l lump of a tome, but full of information. It is now available in paperback, a wonderful reference text that is still uh, not appreciated, very readable by the lay person. But when I was studying uh, for the examinations of the National Herbalist Association many, many, many years ago, it was one of the few texts that we could access and it is still something that sits in my library and some of the uh, indications, the, uh, the knowledge contained in Mrs Maud Greaves' book, The Modern Herbal, lingers with me still. I'm proud of these women. I owe so much to them and they represent again this magnificent contribution uh, to herbal medicine that women generally have made. But they are not the only ones. In this country, for instance, I've had the privilege of working with people like Dorothy Hall. Now, Dorothy Hall was lecturing in Balmain uh, when I was lecturing at Glebe. We had two opposing systems of medical herbalism. Um, Dorothy was an exponent of herbalism based particularly on low dosages, tinctures, the ideas of Dr. Edward Bach, and she was a brilliant iridologist. Now, immediately... We've lost the medical audience because they don't believe in that. But Dorothy was particularly skilled as a woman in giving a degree of credibility to looking at the human iris and getting indications of developing disease. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, helping Dorothy set up the Australian Traditional Medicine Society, and uh, that was a big uh, that was a big uh, feather in her cap. She established the society, which now is one of the most reputable, well-known, representative association for herbalists in Australia. Uh, and Dorothy, unfortunately, passed away a number of years ago. My dear wife Ruth and myself went and stayed with her in her lovely house at Robertson years ago and had a lovely meal with her. Uh, she, in my opinion, probably is in the same camp as Mrs C.F. Lyle and Mrs Maud Grieve were in the United Kingdom, representative of these magnificent women, I call them eccentric, but I'm eccentric also, uh, but 
they have uh, helped herbal medicine get to the point where it is today, and I'm proud of that. Excellent. And, mm. it, well, of course, you're in a good position to meet many of them in this country. Too. We are indeed. Yeah. We are indeed. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm very happy about that. At the end of my career, I'm very happy to have helped this uh, movement of women into herbal medicine succeed and go further. Well, thank you very much, Dennis Stewart. We've had a great program today, haven't we? It covered all sorts of uh, topics, and that's with your participation as well. Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally back next Friday after the midday news.